Anyagaseo. Welcome to Afternoona Delight, where Leah, Megan, and Amy, three American romance novelists discussing all things K-romance from a writer's lens. We fangirl over our favorite actors and actresses, talk up our trope addictions, and nerd out on K-drama deep dives. We'll throw in a few K-pop and K-skincare recs for good measure, because why not ride the Hallyu wave all the way to shore? So grab some deck bokeh and listen to your new favorite unease. Hey, everybody. Hello. Hi there. Can you hear the wind howling? Like, I'm Actually, afraid that that's yes. going to... Like, I can't do... Like, that's through a closed window. Like, that we are, like, having 60-mile-an-hour winds in... Holy moly. ...Chicago area right now. That's crazy. And it's, and it's like, 65 degrees outside, too. It's bananas. It's, it's December 15th right now, for all you listening, like, to the recording. Like, we're recording this on December 15th, and we're having springtime tornado weather so good stuff so sorry if you hear it basically yeah so weird yeah unpleasant climate realities so without delving into that because tonight we are looking to spark joy not talk about you know the end of humanity you know we're we're kind of in this like you know mid winter time period and you know I think that, like, we can be rather secular about this, but say this is kind of like a time for feasting. And, like, what, if anything, are kind of like, you know, foods at this time I thought of, like, as just a general question, because I think about food this time of year quite a lot. Like, what are some things, like, you're excited to, like, eat during the general holiday period? Oh, my God. I am so excited. (laughs) I love holiday food so much. And I just want to say this is my first year um, hosting Christmas dinner at my house. Basically, since since Neil and I have been married, we've always left our house on Christmas like day to go somewhere for Christmas dinner. So this is the very first year since we've been married that I get to stay in my house all day for Christmas. And I'm very, very excited. And so I'm making like a spiral ham that is like really popular with our family. And one thing my that my mother-in-law introduced me to is and it's so simple but it's just baked pineapple baked pineapple with ham is like legitimately one of my favorite things and i am so freaking excited to eat it and then one more thing so i've actually followed this instagram account and all she makes is charcuterie boards which are like the best right and we know we know how much only if they're 90 (laughs) dollars right so she recently came out with this um on amazon essentially it's a charcuterie card deck so it's like a box of like large playing cards i would say they're about like three by five they're like a little bit bigger than an index card and so you you pull out the cards and the front is just this like really amazing picture of of like a charcuterie board on the back is like everything that's in it and how to prepare it and it's so freaking awesome so she has a christmas tree charcuterie and i'm very excited to make it and just totally geek out on cheese and meats. <laughs> when do you not geek out on cheese and meats? I know all the time. It's my favorite thing. It's my favorite thing. Adult Lunchables is my favorite thing. <laughs> I love that so much. Adult Lunchables. So, I love that you brought up the the ham and pineapple thing. So I am I'm the Jew of the group and um, ham is not my thing. Um, not that I'm like anti-pork by any means because give me all of the bacon in all of the world and, and that's fine. But I will say I am not one of those people who hates pineapple on pizza. I actually like it. Like I don't seek it Me out, too. but like I like, but like a Hawaiian pizza with Canadian bacon and pineapple. Like give it to me all the time. So good, so good. E- I either agree. with either with red sauce or barbecue sauce. I think either one works. But like yeah, so I'm a Hawaiian pizza girl. Um, but I don't eat that for the holidays. So Hanukkah has already come and gone. It was really early this year. And we usually, um, when there's not a, you know, possible world-ending pandemic happening, um, we usually have this, like, big extended family Hanukkah party, which we haven't done in a couple of years. Um, and so we really didn't do much in the way of Hanukkah, except for my kids and I, you know, lighting the menorah and doing gifts each night. So my favorite thing about Hanukkah is potato pancakes, which I haven't oh. had yet. Um, but what's funny is, is like I did some Hanukkah stories with my students in the library. Um, we're doing Hanukkah and Christmas stories representing. Um, but there's a story that talked about latkes or potato pancakes. And as I talked about them, like day after day, I'm like, okay, I just need to go to Trader Joe's and get their frozen potato pancakes because they're friggin' delicious. And that is like, that's the taste of the season for me. 
And what topping do you have? Applesauce. Applesauce. Okay, right. Because what's the other? Sour cream. But no, applesauce. (laughs) Applesauce is the correct topping. Okay, okay. Perfect. (laughs) Says me. (laughs) So this is our second year um, home for Christmas. Last year was our first ever home for Christmas. And um, we tend to usually go back to Australia for Christmas. And so obviously with COVID, that's not a thing. And in Australia, they, um, Nick's dad was Canadian born, migrated, you know, later in life to Australia. Which I only just recently learned. Like, I feel like little tidbits of Leah's life, like, seep out. I, I love that you're there. fascinated by, like, kind I of, like, nothing. I seriously am. Like, <laughs> I know, didn't even I know. That, I, I just when learned I found this out now. That the, when I found out that, like, you would, I don't remember if you'd posted something about the kids getting, like, you know, their, like. Canadian citizenship. Whatever. Was it Canadian citizenship, I think? Like, yeah. I'm like, what, how, how? Like, how know, are they but- Canadian? Those lucky little bastards are Canadian and Australian. So, like, yeah, I feel – anyway. But they – he likes to do kind of like a traditional, like, turkey dinner for Thanksgiving. And that's what we normally have. And that's fine. I'm not going to, like, say no to turkey. However, having just come off Thanksgiving for me personally, like, if I'm cooking, I'm, like, not rushing for, like, another turkey. And so this year I spent a lot of time thinking about what to cook for Christmas dinner. And – um I landed on my favorite meat, which may be a surprise as well. Um, I don't know. I really like a leg of lamb. So we're doing a leg of lamb with mint jelly. And that's that like is my fancy, my jam. And <gasps> so I'm excited about that. But what I'm really loving every holiday season ever is I love the shit out of eggnog. <laughs> like so much. And I buy eggnog and then just put it in my coffee in the morning. And it makes me... So happy to have eggnog coffee, like, through the new year. You mean with no alcohol? No, no, no. I just buy, like, a carton of right. eggnog. If I, can pow- I don't drink milk, but I will drink, like, 900 calories of eggnog out of the carton. <laughs> and I just don't even, like, I've had, like, a sip of eggnog in my life to just, like, try it. Because, again, I did not grow up with eggnog. I don't understand eggnog. And it's, yeah. But, like, for, for me, speaking of, like, the coffee, like, flavor of the season, like, I like my peppermint mocha coffee creamer. Like, that's that's my exciting thing. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, so my dad, on New Year's Eve, he would always have eggnog. And, but he would always have alcohol in it. What do you put in it? Is it rum that you put mm-hmm. in eggnog? Okay. Yeah. I think so. And, and I don't say no to alcoholic eggnog. I just... Maybe not first thing in the morning, though. <laughs> yeah, no. My dad makes drinks, like, really strong. And so, to me, eggnog, I, even if I drink eggnog without alcohol in it, I can, like, still taste the alcohol. Does that make you sense? Catch, yes. You catch I totally buzz. get that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so, I, and so I I have a really hard time. I have to, be like, be in the mood for eggnog because I have to kind of be in the mood to, like, taste alcohol. It's crazy. It's, like, no matter what, my dad, like, ruined it. Like, thanks, dad. <laughs> you ruined eggnog for me. But I do like it with alcohol. I like it with alcohol, but I have to be, like, it's not like I want, like, eggnog coffee in the morning. Do you know what I mean? That's, Leah does. That's problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. It's good. I like it. So. <laughs> and so nobody in my it, family, so no one likes it. So is it made of eggs? It's milk it with, whole, eggs? with egg yolks stirred <laughs> into it oh it's so thick it's so oh, it's thick and so, so my like mayonnaise yes kind of and i love mayonnaise, mayonnaise is just eggs and oil <laughs> but it's spiced yeah right it so was like spice. sweet it's sweet too yeah right? it's like sweet spiced thick milk <laughs> but like when you actually if you are not making it homemade and you buy a carton of eggnog it doesn't have raw egg in it no i don't think right? no, like, no it's, it's like pasteurized, pasteurized yeah or whatever. Okay. but there is certainly Correct. egg this morning, as I was looking at the cal- caloric value of what I was chugging, oh, it has whole oh, eggs I'm in sure. it. But yeah. no one okay. in my family likes it except for my youngest, and she now calls it Christmas milk, which, you know, is That cute. makes sense. It is very cute. Definitely has the spice cute. in it that it tastes like Christmas. I'm just so. asking all the hard-hitting question for all our millions of Jewish listeners out there. So, <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, yeah. like, I or mean, like Muslim, Muslim whoever we or, got. Yes. You know, I'm secular. just saying I'm the coolest. Hindi. I'm just the clueless one here, so yeah. I just, I'm just gonna say I'm asking for all of the people who are not represented by Christmas. And that's yeah. the thing is that I felt like even bringing this up is always like troubling because I wasn't trying to get into like the Christmas of it. I mean, this is definitely a holiday time. We are not um, a 
overtly religious family. I do need to really just share one quick story, though, because it is like a chef's kiss Christmas story. And then we will move on to like what we have to share. But I forgot about this and it's good enough to share. So my son um, attends Catholic school. And they are doing a uh, Christmas pageant tomorrow. And he is... Wait, I love that you're just like, we are not an overtly religious family but my son attends catholic school yes he does and there are that's that's a whole other podcast i know i was gonna say like explain it's not for religious reasons that he attends this school it's for small class sizes and i grew up in a catholic family so i can navigate um the situation and um you know i think it's really good for like a liberal arts grounding to be experienced to some biblical things because the fact that like my youngest daughter can't articulate why there is christmas I feel like is kind of like baseline problematic, which I realized yesterday. This is we're not going to have to delve into this, but I think it's important to be aware of like religious stories grounding in tradition. So because they come up in so many different ways from like literature to art to like, you know, and for and respect to people who believe as well. And so anyway, my son is in a Christmas pageant. Going back to this, he is. And for the middle schoolers, they do more of a secular play. Like the younger kids do kind of more of like the nativity. The older kids do more of kind of like a Santa based something or other. And he is a reindeer. It's a non-speaking role. And they sent us um, a costume list a couple of weeks ago where they were suggesting like different types of reindeer onesies. And let me just tell you how much my son is not looking forward to being a reindeer on any level. And the idea of putting him into a onesie gave me all of like the Christmas story vibes of like being in the, like that pink bunny suit or whatever. And I was like, I would love to do this on like every level. And I'm trying to like have some respect for my child who I know would like never forget me. So in the end, I bought him a brown long sleeve shirt and some reindeer horns because really like he had to, you know, he had to come to the table with something. So anyway, he has been preparing for this. And the director of the play apparently is um, a nun who's in her mid-90s. And she's been doing this for a very long time. Like, my neighbors know her and knew her from, like, decades ago. And she was still kind of, like, pulling this pageant together. So, like, you know, with all due respect, this means a great deal to this person. And my son, so I got an email yesterday. I was laughing about, I've been laughing about this pageant thing for like a little while now it's tomorrow night yesterday i got an email from his middle school teacher that said he is not showing proper enthusiasm in (laughs) rehearsals and i had to like unpack that for a minute and i was like okay so i wrote back and was like is he like actively disruptive because like that's not cool right like i don't want him like in the back but he's not really that kid so i was also like hmm, like it feels like he wouldn't be like you know he's not the kid like farting in the back for laughs or being obnoxious and they wrote back and said no he just like isn't into it and i'm like well yeah i mean like okay well no offense but kind of no shit like he's 13 <laughs> didn't select to be in this performance is dressed like a reindeer. (laughs) Like, I mean, and look, some people, this will be their moment and they're going to feel it. But like, do they not? Like, I was like, is this like an email that's just to me? Because like, I'm so curious, like our other, like he can't be the only one not feeling this. So anyway, I was like, I will do my best. And this morning as we ate breakfast, I was like, I want to see some smize. I need to see those eyes smizing. And so he was trying to show us what he would do. And he looked so aggressively happy that I was like, you know what? Exactly. Take that energy. Take that energy to the show today. And so I'll let you all know how this goes. All right. Well, I think we're going to get into it. So today is just kind of um, a wrap up of our year. Basically, we're kind of here to talk about the best of 2021, what we're looking forward to, do it a little reminiscing so just some background if you're new to us or just if you want to reminisce down memory lane with us our first episode of afternoon of delight launched on january 30th 2021 which we titled meet your unease followed quickly by two episodes of the show that popped our k-drama cherry crash landing (laughs) on you (laughs) in a way the podcast started as an excuse to get away from our families and real life to talk about our love of k-dramas Amy took a crash course in podcast editing and managed to make us sound smarter than we are. (laughs) Megan talked out of the back end of her old microphone for about five episodes. (laughs) 
calling in uh, a muffled voice until we realize the blunder. Uh, Leah's dog barking can be heard in several episodes. And we butchered the pronunciations in our intro for half the year until a listener took pity on us and helped us out. So shout out to Grace. But we forged ahead because we truly loved every single recording. This year, we have published over 50 episodes, have a thriving community of listeners on Instagram and Patreon. And this month, we'll celebrate 25,000 downloads. Yay! So look, we're not saying this to toot our own horns, but instead to show that K-dramas have brought so much enrichment to our lives. And clearly, we're not the only ones who feel that way. So we do want to first give a big thank you to everyone who has listened to us, everyone who has commented on our social media, and our amazing patrons who make us smile every day. I mean, even if all you've done is like tweet us once, we're happy about it. So we're going to have some fun on this episode reminiscing about the year in our podcasting and K-drama watching journey, as well as talk about what we are looking forward to in 2022. So let's start with a fun question. How did we come up with the title After Nuna Delight? We just wanted Nuna, right? Because we knew that, (laughs) at least I know I am, older than most of our heroes and heroines. Yeah. And I felt like I love puns. (laughs) And so it's a good, it's a good pun. That's what happened. And it sounded a lot better than like a Juma time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, we wanted to get like some romance in there. I feel like we did a good job with that because, you know, afternoon delight is, you know, what that is. So I felt like we got our love of super romantic afternoon delight. (laughs) I know. Hey, it can be. I always just think of that like scene in Anchorman. Where they yes, it's all I think of as Anchorman when I think of yeah. that. Sky rockets in flight. Yeah. I love an Anchorman when he's like, look, there's a, there's a rainbow. And she's like, do me on it. I love Anchorman is so dumb and I can quote like so much crap. I love it. I don't care. I love both Anchormans with all of my heart. All right. So what were some of your favorite episodes to record or like some favorite memories of recording? (laughs) So Megan already mentioned, like in the beginning, I was the sole editor and I don't get me wrong when I say I love editing. Like I truly do. I am a firstborn type A perfectionist and I had so much fun in the early months learning our editing program and making us sound like we never pause for a breath or say, um, but then we did the tale of the nine tailed podcast. (laughs) And that was the day that I learned that I am also the mom of the group, despite all of us being mothers. Other notable moments are just, you know, our early mascot of Nicolas Cage, our most recent mascot of Phil Collins. And for me, one of the true delights of Afternoon of Delight was Megan trying to sell Leah on Healer by telling her that it was like a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Oh, my God. All right, so I need to spill a little tea for my memories because we have one pod that did not air, nor oh shall it ever air. <laughs> and this is the pod where we all sampled like Korean food and learned that soju can go down with the ease of flat sprite. And so Amy and I, look, we got rip roaring drunk in the span of like, what, 30 minutes? Proving that some of those drunk soju drinking scenes are very, very accurate. Legit. And if I hadn't been in my house, I would have needed someone to carry me home piggyback style. The the, the podcast, just the end, just went off the rails. We weren't even like, I don't even know what was happening anymore. I have never listened to it and never will. And don't you ever (laughs) fucking air it because... We won't. It would like I would be fired from all of my jobs. <laughs> it just hit really fast. I drank two bottles of soju in ten minutes. I think I did. I drank two bottles as well, and I and I and Leah was ahead of me, so I'm like, well, she's okay, so I can open the second bottle. And folks, that is the last, the first, and last time I will ever have soju. I will do beer and fried chicken when we go to South Korea, but like. Soju can leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I just remember poor Megan was like a bit slower. Oh, and it was I don't delicious. Know, I don't know what Megan witnessed because I kind of just blacked out. <laughs> I don't want to know. I honestly don't. It's one of those. I remember back to my college days, like waking up the next morning and being like, what did I do last night? I don't want y'all to tell me. <laughs> okay, well, All we know is that we had the pod 
and the pod now is in a vault. And we were like, that was a bad idea. (laughs) So moving on from that, Tale of the Nine-Tailed is also a favorite for me because I feel like looking back, that's probably when I got like more comfortable podcasting. I think at the beginning, it felt honestly pretty nerve wracking. And I was really caught up in not wanting to sound like a total moron and waste either listeners or, you know, either of your time. But I felt like the tale of the nine-tailed... I would fix all that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but I felt like the tale of the nine-tailed pod really is just kind of a train wreck. But I enjoyed recording it so much. And I feel like it helped me in some ways, like find my voice podcasting. And I also just have this like sadistic joy over the many, many times this last year where you can just tell Amy's fucking over it. She's like struggling to keep us on task and we're just still going off. What was the one recently where like her little voice, I was trying to think of what she said, but like, I can't remember, like we were like getting into something and she was just like, I just wanted to say this one thing. I know. (laughs) I don't even remember because it happens so often. Like, can I just speak? (laughs) But Tail and I Tail 2 was also like, because we were doing deep dives as like two parters in the beginning, like we did that with Chloe and with Goblin, and then Tail the Nine Tail came, and we're like, well, we don't need to like two part deep dive this. So it ended up being ninety plus minutes, which was our longest podcast like at that time. And Leah and Megan at that time did not know that it takes about three times as long as a podcast <laughs> is to edit it. <laughs> so that was that was some some fun times for me well and and of all ones that lasted that long you had to put up with that like the shenanigans (laughs) of that podcast for three hours i'll just say that is my hands down one of my favorite memories is that podcast i had so much fun i mean i was wheezing so hard like i remember i'm like crying and i i think i have to agree with leah i think that was the first podcast i think i did have like a beer during that podcast because I was like you know what to talk about this drama I need something it helped me kind of get rid of those like nerves and that really like self-consciousness I guess I always thought like I had to like sound perfect and really choose my words and I guess with that podcast I was just like screw it if I just watch Tail the Nine-Tailed I could say whatever I want I was gonna say for that podcast it's not one where you need to like dig deep into your intellectual prowess no we just we just need to talk about a moogie eggs okay and so it was so much fun to record that i mean i would say one of my other favorite memories is when we when we coined big drone energy that was very Mm -hmm. a very fun moment and and one of my favorites because it's really carried over into you know some of our other podcasts and it's on our patreon and stuff like that thank you kong hanul for that yeah those aviators so okay so what are some podcasting goals that you have for next year so here i go trying to manifest the shit out of my life and both of yours too so i love that we sort of did this on a whim out of sheer love for k-drama and each other like we were like we should do a podcast and we're like not 100 percent serious about it and now like here we are almost a year later and i love that what we've done in this short amount of time is cultivated a loving and inclusive community of listeners And that we've, like, found kindred spirits near and far, and that we're only continuing to grow. So, honestly, I'm going to toot our own horn here because, as Demi Lovato says in one of my favorite Supernatural playlists, what's wrong with being confident? Oh, my God. (laughs) weird. I love that. That's right. I'm tying it all together because, I, like I said, manifesting the shit out of my life. We're pretty freaking good at what we do, I think. Like, we have learned so much along the way. And I think both on the technical side, and we're still learning and we're teaching each other, and as show producers. And so my goal is to see our podcast grow from, I think, what we started as a hobby to a facet of our content creation careers. Like, when I'm at my day job, I think of how much I miss out on dramas I could be watching, conversations I could be having with our patrons, more episodes we could be recording, and how much better I could get at editing. Yes, I get FOMO about learning how to be a kick-ass editor. <laughs> so basically, I just love what we do, and I look forward to continuing to grow because we're gonna. Oh. I have loved this experience of getting to be more of a content reactor, and I think that it's truly like helped me grow creatively and forced me to take time throughout the week to reflect on aspects that really make for a good story. 
So, like, for example, I love love triangle tropes so much when done right. But what does it mean to be done right? Well, if I wasn't doing this podcast, then I don't think I would have been taking a shower yesterday reflecting on just why the love triangle and reply 1988 works so well for me and realizing that in all the triangles I like a lot, I feel like an important facet is that it's never the main conflict of the story. And when it starts to function as the main conflict of the story is when I often find it loses its potency. So yeah, just have like time for trope reflection has been great. But also this was a question about goals. So I have like two main ones. I think I would like to figure out ways to take more steps into, you know, more intentional content creation using some of the knowledge gained in analyzing a shit ton of K-dramas and you know, probably just need to reflect more on how I'd like to see that be actualized. But I think there's space for us to do both, both that content reacting and content creating. And another one for me, I feel like I beat this like little horse quite a lot, poor horse, but guests, I know we haven't grown to a point where we can build out like a star studded guest list for the pod, but I really want this to be something that we're intentional about cultivating in 2022, because I think it has the potential to introduce new perspectives, center other voices, and just in general, provide richer content. I love that. I love that too. Yeah, I would think so... Patreon, I I love that we started that. It means a lot to me and all the patrons who have chosen to hand over hard-earned dollars to us is just, I'm so grateful. And I think I just want to continue making that space what our patrons want and continuing to post content there and just really continue to grow that community that it means a lot to me. So I actually think it's good that we kind of all have like similar goals, but also kind of like separate. I mean, there's three of us. So that means we can kind of like divide and conquer. I would say guests is another thing too. I've already reached out to some people. So as long as they're willing to talk to <laughs> us, cross your fingers. Um, hopefully 2022 will see us having guests. I, I think it's fun. I think it brings like a whole nother dynamic to the podcast when we have other people on. And I'm just always really interested to hear what other people say. I guess I'm just always so in awe of how well, you know, a lot of our listeners can articulate what they love about about K-dramas and that one of you said, like, we found, like, kindred spirits and in, in people who live, you know, opposite sides of the country and some across the pond and all that. Across the Pacific. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into one of our favorite parts of every podcast, which is our K-pop wreck of the week. What do you have for us this week, Megan? Okay. Well, I think I teased this last week. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Ah! I did a little tease about ATs. So they just had their last comeback of the year. It's from their their Fever epilogue album. And so The Real by ATs is the song I'm recommending this week. And they first performed The Real on Kingdom, the reality show. But they re-recorded it, and it's even better <laughs> than the original the music video is so freaking fun. I can't take it. It's just like a feast for the eyes. And I love the song, love the video. You just you just have to check it out because I told you to. Okay? So it's called The Real by ATs. Oh, and the message is really, really cool. It's kind of like anti-bullying. And it's about being cool means you're humble and you're kind. And that you stand by your beliefs and morals. And I adore that as well. So we're a year into our K-drama watching. Are we out of the honeymoon phase and settled or are we still gobbling up anything and everything? This is really hard for me to gauge because the last year I was working remotely and that, which is really how I, you know, got into this because I needed something to fill my time while I was working from home. And so I had time during my day to binge, not during work hours. Yes. During work hours. I had time during the day to binge. So I was in it in 2020. 2021 has been hard for me because I work in education and it's just, it's been a hard year. So I don't think I'm settled yet at all because I haven't had the opportunity to gobble like I used to, but, and that makes me sad. But that being said, unless I'm watching something with my kids, that's either, you know, like Marvel or Ted Lasso. If I'm watching TV by myself, I'm watching K-drama. That's all I watch for me. 
Yeah, I'd say that I'm at the point where I'm just in an exclusive relationship with K-drama. So it's very hard for me to want to engage in Western shows right now. I feel like I get wrecks from people and just smile and nod, smile and nod. (laughs) That isn't to say I'm like 100% opposed. I'm just into sparking joy for me. And right now I'd say that this relationship is absolutely sparking joy. In fact, more profound joy, as I feel like I've really fucking taken this love and run with it. So I did a little bit of a look on my drama list. And in 2021, I watched 42 dramas compared to four in 2020. So I'd say that I've gotten committed or should be committed. (laughs) (laughs) In your defense or offense, I don't know which one it is. We didn't start watching K-drama until the end of 2020. Yes. So... You have had a little bit more time to pack those 20, to pack 42. those 42 dramas in. Yeah. <laughs> not so counting there's, there's movies, that. not counting Korean cinema. Right. I'm I'm out of the honeymoon phase and now I'm just like in a super committed marriage because like I would say when I first started watching K-dramas, it, like I have an obsessive personality and I was like in it. Like I'm talking, I wasn't writing like I was supposed <laughs> to be. I was like falling behind on deadlines because I was like binging I am not a robot like straight like I mean just like mainlining I am not a robot and stuff like that so I mean for a while there I was watching like a drama every two to three days <laughs> and that's like that maybe isn't healthy so I've definitely slowed down <laughs> but I feel like in a healthy way like I feel like now I'm it, you know what I mean it's like not that initial, yeah, honeymoon phase. I'm just I'm just a little bit more settled. You're not doing it every day, but when you're doing it, it's making it count. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, like I said, for a while there, it was nuts. Like, I needed to calm down. Like, I, I'm like, I remember you guys were like, Megan, don't drama watch during the day. Like, that leads to madness. <laughs> don't do watching. Yeah, and, then yeah, all yeah, of no watching. and then all of a sudden, like, Leah was like, oh, crap. Oh, crap. I need to day watch this one. Like, <laughs> It was just like, it would just be so funny because Megan would be like, you know, we we would record a pod and she'd be like, I just started, you know, such and such drama. And then the next week she would be telling us about a different drama that she had already finished. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, so you watched two dramas since the last time we talked? Yeah. It was bad. It was bad. It was bad. All right. So that being said, fess up. Like, what's been like your (laughs) longest binge, craziest binge? I don't have like an hour count, but I feel like it was maybe the King Eternal Monarch because that was when I was on winter break in 2020. And Leah and I were deciding between that one or Descendants of the Sun. They were both Kim mm-hmm. and Zooks and we were like, which one should we watch? And I read the description for each and I was like, and I knew nothing of Lee Min Ho, like nothing. All I knew from it was that Kim Go Un was in it from Goblin, which I loved. And then I read the description and it was parallel universes. and like, this sounds badass. So I'm like, I'm going to start it. And I lost my ever-loving mind for Lee Min Ho, and I got Leah on board to watch the drama, and I'm pretty sure that I watched The King Eternal Monarch and Boys Over Flowers and Legend of the Blue Sea all in about a two-week span. Less less than two weeks, I think. I think it was like 10 days. Less than, yeah, less than. I mean, I was literally, like, I was, this is before Supernatural, so I was watching dramas on the treadmill, and I would just, like, be on the treadmill for, like, 90 minutes to get (laughs) rolling along. That was, yeah, that was a big bender for me, is those three dramas. Yeah, I think, for me, like, I had a bender with Airs, which wasn't even, like, a top drama for me, but I was watching it on this mini vacation with my husband, who had to work one of the days of the vacation, and we were in Carmel by the beach. And I remember I had this like glorious, humongous bed with like ocean views. And I was like, my dream is to lay in this bed all day. And I will watch K-drama all day. And then just glance out the window <laughs> from time to time to take in the view. And I literally watched like 10 episodes of Airs in one day. For Reply 1988, I absolutely just gave up on sleep for the entire duration that I watched that. I think I slept like three hours a night. And then I Am Not a Robot, for sure, I was up until 4 a.m. And then had to be up as a parent at 6.30 a.m. Oh, yeah. I was going to yeah. say, the one, the one that I stayed up like ridiculously late and had to like get up and go to work and like be a teacher the next day was flower of evil. Like I had to watch mm, that final I remember episode. that. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to freaking pay for this. Cause it was like three in the morning. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't freaking care. So for me, I would say like healer. I straight up just smashed healer. 
we were bunny watching and I was ahead of you. And then all of a sudden she's like, I'm on such and such episode. I'm like, what the hell? What the hell? (laughs) (laughs) I, I smashed healer. I think I would say though, that I am not a robot was the one that I watched. I mean, I seriously think I watched it in a day and a half. You did. I mean, I remember because I I started, I started right after you and I watched it in like, three and you watched it in like half the time it took me it was like disgusting how because <laughs> i couldn't ah uh, i just couldn't stop like i had to know what happened i had to reach some sort of resolution to, i mean to this day obviously it's one of my top dramas because i think it's stellar and yeah i binged that so hard and that was the i talked about that how it was at Again, if you've seen the drama, I'll just say the reset scene. And I was crying so hard. My eyes were swollen. I had tears streaming down my face. And this was at back at our old house. And Neil came up the stairs because he thought, like, something happened to me. And I was just, like, sitting in my reading chair, like, bawling. And I was like, no, it's a K-drama. And he's like, you got to be shitting me. Like, I came the whole way up here because I thought something was wrong. And I was like, no. And that's when he stepped on, because we were doing work to our <laughs> old house. And he stepped on this, like, metal mud pan and cut his foot so bad he left like blood droplets throughout the house i had to go down and bandage his foot while i was still crying (laughs) like the tears were still leaking from my eyes my eyes were swollen slits and i'm trying to help him because it was like the bottom of his foot like but those emotions were not for your wounded hero of a husband no i didn't give a shit about that and (laughs) because he wasn't like you know he was fine it's just he really couldn't see like where the you know what i mean so and it was bleeding profusely like i'm talking like blood droplets throughout the house and the house you were trying to sell too the house we're trying to sell and there's like blood new there's blood on the brand new carpet we just had installed bless neil for bleeding for the podcast yeah Yeah, thanks neil (laughs) oh what a what a what a time to be alive but yeah anyway that was a that was a mess so what's a trope you thought you didn't like but k-dramas showed you that you actually do Poor little rich boy. I love it. Love it. Especially in airs. All my poor little rich boys in airs. Yeah. Well, I knew I loved poor little rich boys going into it, but it just solidified my love for like, there's sometimes you just need a poor little rich boy <laughs> to like get into. I'm kind of feeling like maybe I'm like ready for like another good poor little I, rich boy. I would be ready for another poor little rich boy. So for me, it was office romances first and foremost. I think we all know, like, basically, I just didn't know what I liked until K-drama. So really, office romances are just, like, a ultimate yes for me. Hospitals and medical dramas did not see that one coming. <laughs> Nor bands, especially doctors singing. Like, if you had told me at the beginning of 2021 that I was going to fall in love with a medical show where doctors sing in a band... I'd be like, I don't like what on earth. So I would say like shape shifting foxes. Like, <laughs> like, look, I love shifters, like the romance genre shifters. Like I love wolf shifters, but I like, yeah, I like like wolves or something. I've never been like, yeah, I want to get into like a fox shifter. But I mean, gumios are. You got a lot of gumios in your life now. Clearly up my alley. And then I'm also would say small town politics. Like, how do I love small town politics? Like, I don't please, even know. Like, into the ring was so good and i just don't know why like why did i love it i never ever would have thought i would have liked that drama but it was fantastic i mean dancing campaigners i didn't know (laughs) i didn't know that was a thing and it's a thing i know oh god that was such a good drama so what do you hope to see more of in upcoming k-dramas Kim Woo Bin as a romantic hero, please. Like, where he is alive at the end of the drama. He is happy. He has a happily ever after. And he's alive in his happily ever after at the end of the drama. Good Lord, please give me that. So I just realized that your question was what do? I went with who do. <laughs> so That's I've, okay. I've hey, got a couple. I went, I went with who do also. So. <laughs> so for who do... You know, I am really ready for another Kong Ha Nul romance. I know he's got one coming in 2022 that does not look like, I mean, I think there's a romantic element. I think what I'd really love is another just like very good rom-com, like almost like hometown cha-cha-cha, like very centered romance with him. Also pretty ready for more Pak Bo Gum. 
I just really feel like, you know, I could use another go around with him. And look, I'm going to also say C1 because I just love that cute little elf and I'm ready for more of him too. I was like thinking and I'm like, honestly, yeah, like I could, I just, I really loved him though in me saying and strangers from hell so much that I would like to see him in more of like a character driven vehicle. And then for a what I think I would like to see some more like overtly centered queer romances happening like more, not just in like the small like boy love shorts, but kind of like a bigger, even if for right now, like let's say in like a main, like, you know, 16 to 20 episode vehicle, if it's not going to be the main romance having like a very robust like B romance, like I would just like to see, I feel like it's moving more into the center and I would like to see uh, some more of that, honestly. Yeah, actually, I'm going to second that. I would love that. Like, I do watch a lot of BLs, and I I just watched one called The Tasty Florida, by the way, which was really, really cute. It was a short on Vicky. But I would love to see it more in the mainstream, you know, 16 to 20 episode K-dramas. And I would say, like, I just hope they still do rom-coms. Like, I don't know. For some reason, I just, like, get worried with, like, the popularity of Squid Game. Like, please just keep doing what you do the best, which is is rom-coms. So speaking of, what are some K-dramas that you're really looking forward to in 2022, just to like close this off? I mean, can we still count Silent Sea since it's at the very end of 2021? And I will watch those as soon as they drop. I don't care that I have a book due the end of the month. I'm on deadline. Zero hesitation. I will be watching each episode of Silent Sea because I am so ready for this drama. But also in 2022, I mean, there's so much. Like, there's The Sound of Magic with Ji Cheng Wook, Money Heist with my bae Yuji Tae from Healer. Um, Leah, what do you think? Heist drama? Look, I'm going to say I'm a hard no on heist. You thought you, you thought you hated, you thought you hated well, what see, you hated, yeah, right? Yeah, no, I mean, like, look, I could be just actually, like, the biggest heist fan. I mean, I've, look, I'm going to watch it out of support, and we will see. It's a K-drama heist, which is different than any other heist you've watched, right? So that's totally different. And look, if anything has showed me, never, ever say never. There's one I read about called Island, which is a fantasy exorcism drama set on Jeju. That sounds amazing. That sounds like fun. Yeah. And Lee Joon-gi is going to play a lawyer again in Again My Life, which the premise of it sounds a little bit like Lawless Lawyer, and I don't care because I'll watch him do anything. And then I just read about this drama, which sounds bonkers and awesome. And it's another Kim Jae-wook. It's Kim Jae-wook and Crystal, who I loved in Airs. Um, and it's called Crazy Love. And I'm just going to read the little short little description. It's about a man who pretends to have amnesia when he is told he will be murdered. And it's also the story of a woman who pretends to be his fiance when she is told she doesn't have much time to live. I don't even understand that, <laughs> <laughs> how that's going to work. But like... I am all in. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. And I mean, Kim Jae-wook, like, yeah. Yeah. So for me, look, I'm a broken record for Pachinko, which is going to be on Apple TV and has been moved to 2022. Most anticipated drama. I am ready, 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 ready to watch that drama. Ready. I have Apple TV. I'm all set for that one. (laughs) I will watch it the second it comes out. I don't care if sleep just doesn't exist. Okay. That being said, Yumi sells two. So I can't finish one until at least season two is out. (laughs) Oh, really? Is it that much? Is it like going to be that much of a cliffhanger at the end of one? Well, I just I went to the webtoons to like figure out what was happening once I was like given some warning. And really, it's going to be a three parter, like three seasons. And it's coming out early. Like it's coming out like February, I think. So I just really want to like I don't want to end one and then just like be like as a spoiler like i don't it look i'm just gonna be real it's not gonna end happy at the end of one so i want to be able to like jump right into two (laughs) and a weird one that i am really excited to learn more about is called snow white must die and it's starring one of my other faves um beyond johan from missing and mr sunshine and it's a remake of a best-selling German, German novel that revolves around two police detectives who investigate the disappearances in a small town and its connection to the return of a convicted murderer who was imprisoned for 11 years. So it's giving me a little Flower of Evil vibe. Mm, yeah, I think yeah. Bjorn Johan is an amazing actor. 
And I am just really excited to, I know we were saying like, we all are really excited about rom-coms and that one is not, <laughs> but um, he's going to play Go Jung-woo, who is a smart student who was sentenced to 10 years in prison after circumstantial evidence pointed to him as the suspect in the murder of two teenage girls. Then he returns to his hometown and the events of the past come haunting him again. That sounds really good. Sounds very Flower of Evil, which I freaking loved and i yeah so going back going back to tropes that we didn't know we loved i didn't know that i loved murder with my romance and in case <laughs> yeah. i do yeah i mean i would say like i still want to see rom-coms but i like it's only because i worry they're just not going to i'm just worried they're going to get away from that i mean my bread and butter is always going to be kind of like romantic suspense i would say like that that's that's kind of what's like always up my alley okay so for me look here's the deal I love An Bo Hyun. We all know I have manifested him in something that gives him a happily ever after. Okay. I, I just put that out into the universe and really wish for it. And then like literally the next day they're like, oh, he's been cast in this rom-com movie. <laughs> you did it. You did it. Yeah. So he's been cast in Two O'Clock Date, which he actually replaced Kim Sun-ho, which I... I understand. I am also sad, but <laughs> Megan's not but, sad at all. <laughs> no, I'm not really that sad. Look, look, I, I have not. I like Kim Sun Ho, but like he's got other stuff going on. Okay, he'll he's he's going to be fine, and he had a wonderful happily ever after in hometown cha cha cha. Okay, my boy An Bo Hyun has not had one, so you guys can just take a seat until he gets one. Okay, so anyway, he's going to be in a movie with Yuna called Two O'clock Date, and it's like being billed as a rom-com and I'm so freaking excited about it. I can't take it. And then he's also in a law drama coming up called Military Prosecutor Doberman. And I am excited about it just because he's in it. Okay. Like that's that. I'm sorry. Like plot has no like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And he's in it with He's in it with Joe Boa, who was from Tale of the Nine-Tailed, who I do really like. So I'm really excited about it. He was actually at an award show recently, the Mama Awards, the like music awards show with her. And I can't, oh my God, they looked so freaking stunning together. Like An Bo Hyun with short hair in a suit is just, <sighs> it's just something else. Okay, You can see Megan, like she's looking yeah. wistfully just... off into the distance. <laughs> I love him so much, guys. I can't take it. And then I'm really excited for Amy mentioned it, The Sound of Magic with Ji Chang Wook. I haven't seen him in something in a while. I just hope, you know, some of his like new, newer stuff hasn't been interesting to me. So I just hope that this is something that I want to watch, but I will kind of watch him in anything. So I hope I we get some what... wire glasses. Ji Chang Wook is my I favorite. So. I mean, I, I just so love like those wire glasses. So, so look, I'm all about on Bo Hyun for 2022. I fully believe it's his year. Okay. I, I fully believe it. So that's, and I'm going to cheer him on every, every step of the way and not be toxic. I hope he dates. I hope he gets married and has kids. I hope he's happy (laughs) there. No sad showers. No sad showers. No sad showers for Ungi. Yeah. No sad showers in 2022. Yeah. So, you know, we're excited about what's to come. Basically, we got a lot of stuff on our schedule. And as always, we take suggestions and all that good stuff. And we've had a fantastic first year. I mean, we're not even at our first official year, but we've had a fantastic... 2021 has been a lot of things for a lot of people, but for our K-Drama podcasting lives, it's been fantastic. So thank you to all of you who listen and participate and are part of this amazing community. And we can't wait to continue. Yeah, I do. I want to give a genuine thank you to everyone who has taken the time to listen, to potentially leave a review, to reach out with, you know, maybe many emails, one email, maybe just like one comment on Instagram, maybe like daily interaction. Honestly, I just feel like it's been this time of like separation and loneliness and just lots of troubled vibes. <laughs> and this has been, you know, like I feel like this and 
becoming like basically like card carrying army for BTS have been like my two validations of like the positive forces of humanity when we like show up and bring like the best of ourselves. And I know that this could make like folks in my real life roll their eyes because it just sounds kind of ridiculous to think like, why would entertainment do that? But look, entertainment speaks to like our hopes and dreams as it always has going back for like millennia. <laughs> and so the fact that like, yeah, we're connecting in and enjoying rich storytelling and wanting to kind of like immerse ourselves in those spaces, I feel like is just like us taking part in authentic human experiences. And if you don't know, you don't know. And so our mission is to just like open this up to more and more people so that they realize, yeah, just how much is out there. What's like the quote from like the Parasite director when you're willing to like read a little subtitle at the bottom of the screen or overcome the barrier of like two inch subtitles or something like that. And it's so true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree. This has brought us so much joy in a way that we hadn't anticipated like it, it was you know it's like k-pop and k-drama brought me joy but then the podcast and all i wanted to do was podcast about that joy but then the podcast also brought me joy so it just feels like this like snowball of happiness and that's been very very cool that's gonna be the new podcast name snowball of happiness snowball of <laughs> happiness so thanks to both of you too for you know for doing this Oh, thank you, too. Yes. I know. I sometimes just get nervous that, like, I'm like, what will I do if, like, one of them's, like, I'm kind of all set now because I feel like I really, like, I'm deeply at this point committed to this journey. (laughs) Me, too. It's like like another marriage. I I was going to say, I hope you, like, realize, like, every day I'm trying to figure out how to do this and only this. (laughs) Yeah. We we, we committed. This is is all we got. It is. Poor Nick. I know. But also, you know what? This makes me a better mom, a better wife, a better human. Because, look, we've all had to find the places to, like, fill our buckets. And, you know, I steadfastly say that, like, being in community with folks is just, like, so important. However that community looks. Not to bring up supernatural uh, exercise again on today, but there's one exercise where the coach says, you know, thank you for showing up today. It's selfless to take care of yourself because taking care of yourself means that you're a better person for your loved ones. And it kind of makes me think of this, like I'm, you know, selflessly finding joy in things or it's not, it's not selfish to find joy in things because it makes me a better person. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's what I think. So that's what you should think, too, if you're, you know, take care feeling of you guilty before, or whatever. Yeah, take care of you before taking care of everybody else in your life, because that's going to make the taking care of everybody else even better. Heck yeah. And so, yeah, let's move on to 2022, which is crazy to even say. Oh, my I gosh. Know. I hope everybody yeah. has a fantastic end of the year and a very happy new year. And we'll see you uh, in 2022. Bright and ready to start talking about how damn good Gong Yu is going to look at his space Oh, my suit. God, a space suit. <laughs> With the neck tattoo. Yes. With the neck tattoo. Oh, <laughs> my life. Me. Seriously. On yeah, that so, note, everybody, what a great what a great thing to end on. Gong yeah. Yu in a space suit, in a space suit with a tattoo. Yeah. All right. See you soon, everyone. Annyeong. Kamsamnida. Thank you for listening to Afternoon Delight. Make sure to subscribe for more great K Romance conversation. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Afternoon Delight Podcast for more information on our podcast, behind the scenes photos, and of course, pics of our favorite opas and unis. Annyeong. Annyeong.